Hi, welcome to the Boomverse, a podcast about Boom Studios' Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've never done this before, so hopefully it goes well. I'm Saf, Safran if you fancy, and I have thoughts about the reboot that couldn't be contained solely to my Tumblr, so obviously, podcast. Currently, I only have plans to talk about Buffy because it's eight issues in, and has a lot of character and world building that Angel has just only begun exploring. But I might dip into the Angelverse in future podcasts, if there are going to be future podcasts. Hopefully, people are interested. So, here's a quick recap of the reboot. There's the usual characters that we know and love, Buffy, Willow, Xander, and Giles, along with Cordelia, Spike, Drusilla, Jenny, and Anya. Robin Wood is there from the beginning, and Angel has just recently popped up. The parts that are different from the TV show are Xander has been turned into a half-vampire by Spike and Drew, Willow is canonically gay with a girlfriend named Rose, Joyce is living with her partner, and his name is Eric, and much like the TV show at the beginning, has no idea that Buffy is a slayer. Buffy has a job at a restaurant called the Tuniverse, but that's really only touched on in the first issue and never picked up again. She's also new at slaying. Giles and Jenny are in a relationship, and they're also the only adults that have deeper characterizations and motives so far. Robin is working for the Watcher's Council. That's a secret identity. No one knows yet. Anya is an adult and proprietor of the magic shop, or a magic shop. I don't know if that's actually the name. And she's also murder friends with Angel from back in the day. Cordelia isn't actually friends with the Scoobies yet, but she's also not really mean to them. And she updates the Sunnydale Sentinel that appears in each issue. In the Sunnydale Sentinel, there's a lot of Easter eggs from the TV show, and it's also just really funny. So if you can imagine Cordelia sort of as a Tracy Flick character, that's her new characterization. Mm, can't... Oh, Angel, this is the biggest change, I think, so far. Angel and Buffy, they've never met, but that all changes in issue eight. And also changes the whole direction, I think, of the verse. So previous issues have focused on character point of views and relationships that didn't really get as much screen time on the show. And that's one of the strengths of this reboot, I feel. Like... The TV canon is the blueprint for the mythology, but Jordy is building her own house of story, which has been really fascinating to read because I like seeing callbacks to the show, but I also want something more. And for the most part, I feel the reboot is giving me that. I know some fans have been really unhappy with the reboot or just disinterested. But that's also to be expected when you have a show like Buffy that is so loved, even some 20 years later. There's a lot of opinions and headcanons of what, you know, they should have done this, or how could they do that? Especially regarding ships, which that's just the nature of fandom. And, well, my opinion is that's what reboots should do. If you wanted a faithful retelling of the original show, The show is still there. It's on DVDs and it's on Hulu. 
The Boomverse, like the Dark Horse canon and the tie-in novels, they're completely optional. You can think of them as authorized fanfic, and not everyone likes the same thing in fanfic. So I am fully on board with the reboot, and this issue has been one of my favorites. Like, right now, I think it is my top number one. Uh, Jordy has taken the characters that we know. She's added further shades to their characterizations, particularly particularly in regards to Giles and Jenny. Usually when you have a teen-oriented or a teen-dominated story, adults get the short end of the character stick because most readers or viewers, they don't want they want the drama of being young and beautiful and stupid and danger being interesting, etc., etc., and adults just don't understand. Never mind that adults are people too, and they also have their own rich inner lives, and now that I'm an official old person, I find myself relating more and more with the adults in the Buffyverse. I mean, it happens, and it's going to happen to you too, if you're you know, a young person watching or reading Buffy for the first time. In the Boomverse, Giles and Jenny, they're the de facto Scooby mom and dad, but they also have time to have lives of their own which has been revealed in little flashes among all of Buffy's fighting the forces of darkness with Willow and Xander by her side. Jenny in like Jenny is a fully fleshed out character here. She's got thoughts and motivations that are fully embraced by the canon. I could see her becoming a mentor for Buffy and of course for Willow in future issues. She's not just Giles' partner. She has opinions that Jordy really takes the time to explore. And her relationship with Giles, it's just been really fun to read it because it feels real. Issue 8, it's a big turning point for them because their viewpoints on Buffy's slang and the burdens that are placed on the Scooby children, they're in conflict. They're at the opening of Joyce's Egyptian exhibit and Drusilla and Spike have gatecrashed the party. Drew wants to open the Hellmouth because every villain in the Buffyverse wants to open the Hellmouth. It's just their thing. It's like the Cracker Jack prize. Uh, so the thing that Drew wants, it's called the Dagger of Sekhmet. It's the key to opening the Hellmouth. And naturally, it's a featured item at the exhibit. And once Drew reveals her plan... Giles quickly acts to prevent this. He hides the dagger in his coat. The needs of the many outweigh the few, right? That's his viewpoint. This is the whole of humanity we're talking about here, or at least the Sunnydale population. And I imagine this is his watcher training coming to play. Uh, it makes a cold kind of sense, really. Like, yes, Drusilla has threatened Joyce and is planning to torture her or Eric, with witnessing the other one die, but what is one life against the possibility of everybody dying? And this is where Jenny draws the line. One innocent life is one too many, and it's Joyce, Buffy's mom. This is a person that they've just met, but because she's important to Buffy, she's important to Jenny. Giles may, he, his backup plan, let's just throw that out there, was probably, well, he's gonna take care of Buffy. Or even Eric, or even, you know, Buffy's dad, that asshole. But that's not the plan Jenny has. 
she willingly tells Drusilla that they have the dagger and to not hurt anybody. Which, you know, this starts the the fragment the fragmentation of Giles and Buffy I mean Giles and Jenny's relationship. Like how much does Giles' choice weigh upon Jenny's soul, on her perception of who her partner really is? It's an impossible position and one that Jenny may not happily live with. I think it definitely could be a deal breaker. And that's another one of the strengths that Jordy brings to the series. When she raises the stakes, they feel real, and there are real consequences to the choices that the characters make. I don't think this fundamental disagreement between them is going to just disappear, and I think it's definitely going to be brought up again. I'm excited to see how Jenny deals with that, and if there can be forgiveness or compromising in their future. Another interesting point of this issue is all of the relationships that get explored or introduced. There's Xander and Buffy, who are interacting without Willow as a buffer or translator, and they're back to being comfortable with one another, which is great to see. Xander's crush seems to have disappeared for the moment, and so has Buffy's crush on Robin, and vice versa. But it still doesn't mean that Buffy's not disappointed by the almost, or the what-if aspect of it. And again, it ties into her calling as the Slayer. She wants to participate and be a part of normal teenage life, whatever that entails, but her job is to keep people safe. She's also the watcher in this situation. She's peeking in at rituals that she's separate from and also confused about what she wants. And I think that's really true to what it's like to being a teenage girl or a teenage boy at 16. And also just Buffy's humanity asserting itself over being the slayer capital letters is like this is the this is the issue is it weak to want to be normal is it weak to be a human with morality and well drew thinks so or she seems to think that even though her partnership with spike it's really far from being equal she's the boss in the relationship but there are slow and steady cracks in their partnership which i assume can't be helped by drew stabbing the fuck out of spike with the dagger and causing the hell mouth to open like how do you bounce back from that betrayal and from the previous um sneak previews we have of the hell mouth crossover where spike and cordelia seem to be getting really close i think we can kind of guess that spike and drew's relationship is break is is heading toward a breakup um, so the other big vamp relationship thing that gets brought up in this issue, like I posted in my Tumblr, Angel and Buffy finally meet in this issue, and it's a welcome divergence from TV canon. This is this Buffy and this Angel, they don't know about each other. Buffy is only the slayer in Angel's mind, and Buffy, well, she's just annoyed that this tall, dark, serial killer looking dude wearing a devil mask, is distracting her from her rightful brood session. How dare he? Like, really? Meanwhile, Angel is sizing her up. Who's this girl? Why is she, you know, why is everyone telling me to stay away from her? How, how is she a threat? Besides the obvious, well, I'm a vampire, she's a slayer, we're mortal enemies, blah, blah, blah. It's like, how could I fall in love with 
her. Of course, Buffy doesn't know any of his thought process. She doesn't know who he is. But despite that initial annoyance, she feels vulnerable and confident enough to share pieces of herself with this stranger. Things that she probably hasn't told Xander or Willow. They might be besties, you know, air quotes around besties, but Xander and Willow, they're a unit that Buffy can't touch. And again, it's her slayerhood that keeps her separate from their bond. Buffy doesn't have a confidant in the supernatural. And in this incarnation, she's a lot more introverted. I don't think she's ever considered picking up a pom-pom in her life. And she doesn't seem to want to be popular. She just wants to get shit done. I can relate to that. This is, you know, a callback to season one Buffy and also the battle-hardened Buffy of later seasons. She's a soldier, but she doesn't want to be. I think that's what some readers are missing the point about. Buffy is 16 years old in 2019. There's so much shit and trauma that is attached to being young these days. You've got the rise in power of social media, the gun violence, the fight about who's the victim in sexual assault and rape cases. It just goes on and on. And then there's a, there's a vulnerable section of the population. I'm talking young men. They're being fed lies online and how accepted toxic social norms they're, that, that is harming both boys and girls. In my opinion, it's a lot harder to be a teenager now than it was back in 1997. So the fact that Jordy can tap into that empathy and write the characters with such love and respect, that's enough for me to champion this reboot. I have high hopes for the story and what's going to happen in the future, and I really can't wait to share more thoughts about it. Like, I want to talk more about how Buffy's and Angel's romance might actually get a fair shot in this boomers. I mean, it's definitely going to end. How badly it's going to end, I don't know, but I think there's going to be more of a progression. Like, they might actually become friends in this incarnation. I don't know, fingers crossed. And also just, you know, the different demographics of um, of race in Sunnydale 2019, and if Rose and Robin and Eric are ever going to have their own storylines. I think that's a minus um, for this series. We, we're eight issues in, right? Like I said. And we're definitely getting more fleshed out characterization of the core characters. But I feel like you shouldn't introduce original characters if you're not going to do anything with them. So there's a big question mark next to Rose. Who is she besides Willow's girlfriend? Who is Robin, you know, besides the plant from the Watcher's Council? Who is Eric? He's a doctor. Is he going to die? Is is he just, you know, a diversion? But like I said before, I'm willing to follow Jordy down that cliff. Um, hopefully, I won't be terribly disappointed. So thanks for listening. And I hope to do another one of these. Please let me know what you thought, what I could do better. Thanks. A special shout out to Celia from Jenny-Calendar at Tumblr for being one of the few Boomverse readers who enjoys the comics as thoroughly as I do. Also, if you want great 
meta and just character squee about Jenny Calendar, please visit her Tumblr. I just realized I did not add my Tumblr. It's if ever is today. La, 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 la.